0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of Happiness Hacks. I I can't believe I've done 10 of these things already. Um, I read somewhere recently that most people give up on their podcasts after maybe six or seven episodes, so I feel like we've made it through the danger zone. Thank you so much for sticking with me and continuing to support my little attempt to bring a bit more happiness to our troubled world. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about self-care. And the difference between what we want and what we need. Now, this is a topic that most people totally misunderstand and get very, very wrong. So let's get started. Everybody wants to be happy. It's the one thing we all have in common. So why is it so difficult to achieve? I'm John Davidson, I'm a psychotherapist and I've spent my entire life uncovering the secrets to human happiness. I believe it's possible to hack your happiness to live a richer, fuller, and more meaningful life. And in this podcast, I'm gonna show you how. Welcome to Happiness Hacks. Lack of self-care is a, a major problem in our modern world. And the reason is we're just so busy and we have so many different responsibilities. And the world is really designed uh, to, to make us kind of look outwards, to look out. So, you know, science and a technology, it's all really about... ...knowledge and control of the external world. So we're very preoccupied with the external world. And this has us kind of focusing away from ourselves. So we've got, you know, what have we got? Let's think about it. We've got jobs and families and partners and kids... ...and, you know, so all these kind of roles and responsibilities in our life... ...that we have to focus on that takes up our time and our attention... Um, but we've also kind of got objects and kind of possessions, haven't we? We've got we've got homes to look after and we've got cars to maintain. You know, we've got money to make and um, experiences to have. And all of this stuff happens on the outside. It happens away from us. You know, and the big one is work, isn't it? Work is the, the big one that takes up the most of our time, the most of our attention, that really has us ignoring ourselves for most of the time that we're there, you know, and a lot of this is compounded by these toxic messages that we get, you know, like, don't be selfish. You know, focusing on yourself is selfish. You should feel guilty if you focus too much on yourself. You know, if you want to be happy, you should focus on others. You should focus on the needs of others. You know, we hear this a lot, don't we? And there is some truth in this, but unfortunately this advice is often misunderstood, And misused. I mean, it's meant what people are really saying is don't solely focus on yourself. You know, but I think what we hear is never focus on yourself, only focus on others. And the problem with this situation is that it it sets us up for, well, for self-neglect. Now this might not sound like such a, a big deal to you because it's just kind of the way of the world, right? We're all very busy and we've all got lots of things to do and lots of people to focus on and, and it's kind of normal that we don't have much time for ourself. Um, but there's a, there's a kind of sinister side to this, that when self-neglect becomes our kind of default position in life, it can lead to a condition, a very serious condition, known as codependency. Now, codependency is a toxic relationship dynamic, which is based on the idea that we should only focus on meeting the needs of others, and that in return, other people should only be focused on meeting our needs. So it's got this sense of kind of, uh, you know, reciprocity, and it, it sounds kind of, you know, kind of quite sweet on paper, this idea of like, I'll take care of you if you take care of me, you know? Um, But what we're really saying there is, I refuse to take care of me, and I'm only going to take care of you. And you must only take care of me, and you must not take care of you. So it's a relationship dynamic based on really irrational beliefs about where our happiness comes from. Um, And it leads to things called maladaptive behaviors, which are kind of behaviors that don't work, that aren't helpful. Um, And these patterns of behavior are based on really on unrealistic expectations of relationships, which is I shouldn't have to take care of me. Somebody else should do it. And a lot of this is down to Disney, believe it or not. I mean, Disney have a lot to answer for with their fairy tales because... We've all been raised on this notion that, you know, one day our prince will come and save us and rescue us, and then we'll all live happily ever after. And we've, we all kind of feel like this is how relationships are supposed to work, that I'm supposed to, what, just like sleep and just wait for somebody to show up and wake me from my sleep and then make everything okay for me. You know, it's like talk about passivity, right? I'm just going to lie here unconscious and wait for somebody to come along and solve all of my problems for me. And of course, the problem with this is it doesn't. you don't have to think about this for very long to realise just how ridiculous this concept is. The problem is nobody is coming to save us. I mean, we're adults now. So we have to learn how to take care of ourselves. Now, I spent most of my life codependent you know I think actually I think a lot of therapists are codependent I think that's probably why we go into this line of work because we have a natural focus on taking care of other people but we also struggle to take care of ourselves and this is the difficulty for therapists is self-care is very big in the therapeutic community because it has to be because it has to be kind of reinforced you know it has to be kind of marketed to therapists don't forget don't forget to take care of yourselves. Remember that you are important too, all that kind of stuff, you know? But it's difficult for codependents to take care of themselves because when we do focus on ourselves, it feels selfish. And it can often come with guilt. And for people with very severe codependency, it also comes with a lot of shame. Now, I've got a really good story to illustrate this. When I was in my early 20s... Um I was driving I think it was to Birmingham in the UK on the motorway and I ran out of petrol. I was a young kid I hadn't been driving for very long. I didn't really know what I would, I didn't really know how long you could get for on 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 a tank of petrol and I ran out. And I was at the side of the road and I was I was sat there and I was thinking what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How far is it to the nearest services? I think it was about 2 miles to the nearest petrol station. And I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And at this point, a car pulled up in front of me on the hard shoulder of the motorway. And a guy got out and he came up to the window and he tapped on the window and I wound the window down. And he said, are you okay, son? And I says, yeah, yeah I'm fine. I've just ran out of petrol. And he said, oh, jump in the car and I'll take you up to the nearest petrol station. Now I panicked because this filled me with such a, such a sense of shame to be having to need somebody else's help, that I actually said to him, no, oh, no, it's okay, I've got a, a, a can filled with uh, petrol in the boot. So I lied, right? I lied, and I said, thank you so much for your offer to help, but I'm fine, I've got petrol in the car. And he was like, oh, right, well, you know, I hope you're going to be okay, and he got in his car and he drove off. And at, I waited until he'd got out of sight And then I got out of my car and I walked the two miles up the motorway to the petrol station. And all the while I was thinking, why did I do that? Why did I do that? That was so stupid. Why didn't I just let him take me up there? You know, and this is how strong codependency can be. And self, you know, you don't have to be codependent to kind of neglect yourself in these ways. Now, of course, some people go completely the other way and they focus entirely on themselves Um, And they basically just feel entitled to make everything all about themselves. And they will sometimes justify that selfishness as self-care. I'm just, you know, I'm just really into self-care. I'm just really taking good care of myself. You know, this is healthy. What I'm doing is good. So there's there's these kind of two um, extreme positions, really. One is where you refuse to ever take care of yourself and you don't let other people take care of you. And the other position is where you only take care of yourself and you don't really have any consideration for other people. And I think this, this extreme form of selfishness, which kind of, you know, wrapped up in the banner of self-care, I think people do that really because they, they misunderstand what self-care means. Because the truth is that kind of self-care is really... It's not self-care at all. It's self-indulgence. See, when we're focused on getting what we want... That self-indulgence. When we're focused on getting what we need, that's self-care. Right, now, if you think about it for a second, there's a massive difference between what we want and what we need, you know? So what we want is often, you know, something nice and it's something pleasant and it's often kind of instant gratification. But what we need is often the complete opposite. What we need is often difficult to do And it often involves delaying gratification. But it's good for us in the long run. See, self-care isn't sexy like most people think it is. It isn't all chocolate cake and bubble baths. You know, it's not spa days and and going on shopping trips. You know, it's not booking holidays and and having nights out. Self-care is going to the dentist for a tooth extraction. Self-care is going to your doctor to get some test results that you're anxious about. It could be going to the hospital for chemotherapy. Right? Self-care is leaving an abusive relationship. You know? It's giving up drinking. It's quitting a an unhealthy or a demanding job. It could be cutting contact with a toxic relative. Or it could be disciplining yourself To every day do the meditation practice so that you can train your brain to be happier. It could be having the courage to live your deepest values and standing up for what you believe in. See, self-care is doing what you need to do, not what you want to do. Now, in my 20s, I got this completely wrong. You know, I thought that self-care was self-indulgence. I thought that's what it meant. I thought it meant, you know, treat yourself. That's what self-care is. It's treating yourself. And as a result of this, I got massively into debt. I mean, I had maxed out credit cards and bank loans. I mean, God, if I had to put a number on it, I probably got £40,000 into debt in my 20s. And it was because I was being incredibly self-indulgent and just excessive... And thinking that I was, you know, I had good self-care, I was taking good care of myself. I mean, i give you an example of how excessive I was being. One year, in one year, I had eight vacations in one year. Visited eight different countries, not for work, for pleasure, in one year, (laughs) right? So I was like, I mean, I was having an incredible time, but I was just... I was just borrowing from the future to pay for my past, right? And that was going to catch up with me eventually. And, of course, it did. I mean, I learned that lesson the hard way. It took me years to clear that debt. And today, because I know uh, the difference between what I need and what I want, I don't even have credit cards anymore. I I have no debt and I have no loans and I have no credit cards. And I will only spend really only spend disposable income, so it has to be money that I don't need for anything else. See, self-care takes courage, and self-care takes discipline, and it takes strength, because it can sometimes be painful to do what we need to do, and it can be painful to deny ourselves what we want, because we know it's not good for us in the long run. And that can be frightening, And that can create a lot of confusion. But when we meet our needs, when we give ourselves what we need instead of what we want, it heals the relationship that we have with ourselves. And after a lifetime of self-neglect and putting other people's needs first, we begin to make ourselves matter in our own life. And we show ourselves that we're worthy of our love and our support. And with every single act of self-kindness, we honour and we respect ourselves. Now, as usual, I've created a worksheet to go along with this episode, and it's going to help you to identify the things you need to start doing and also the things you need to stop doing. And it will help to clarify exactly what self-care is, and you'll be able to notice in your life, am I taking care of myself here, or am I just indulging myself by giving myself everything I want? So that worksheet, it's going to help you to tell the difference between what you want, but don't need, and what you need, but don't want. And also, don't forget to join our free secret Facebook community to practice this happiness hack and others with other like-minded people. So to get the worksheet and join our community, simply go to www.happinesshacks.net. So what are you putting off that you know you need to do to take better care of yourself? What little indulgences are actually hurting you in the long run? If you're really honest with yourself, are you too selfless or perhaps too selfish in your relationships? Take more responsibility for meeting your own needs and see how that makes you feel. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Happiness Hacks. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll see you next time.